Hello and welcome to the Money Talk podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, what's the case for buying the dips? As stock markets continue to struggle in the face of war in Ukraine, rampant inflation and rising interest rates, have investors lost their appetite to buy on the sound of bad news? That's the focus today. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. Long-term investing should be about seeing past short-term ups and downs and committing your money even when the news looks bleak. Buying the dips, meaning investing during short-term lows, is the tactic many will use to do that. It's a strategy that has reaped quick rewards in recent history, but the case for doing so now appears more difficult to make than at any time for many years. Will buying the dips be rewarded this time? And how can those nervous about doing it reassure themselves that it will pay off again? To help answer that, I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Tom, welcome along. Um, I think we should probably start with the traditional case for buying the dips. I mean, obviously it's a good thing to do. I hope uh, people listening to this will, will see that sort of straight away, but you do need to have some confidence that the dip that you think you're seeing is going to be followed by a rise at some point. Why have investors in recent history, Tom, been willing to take that gamble? Yeah, I mean, it's quite a good idea to get back to to basics on this, uh, Ed. I, I mean, I think that the, 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 fundali- the underlying uh, fundamental principle uh, of the buy the dips philosophy is that markets do uh, recover. Often they recover quite quickly from uh, from uh, drops. Um, I, I mean, a very good example of this, of course, is the uh, is is the, the 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 pandemic recovery, that famous V shaped recovery in uh, after the March twenty twenty uh, fall in stock markets when. Um, Global stock markets were back up to their previous levels within within about six months. But there have been previous examples. I mean, going way back to the, the you know the beginning of my career, the, the 1987 uh, stock market crash. That was a, a, a spectacular crash, but um, uh, markets had recovered all of their losses uh, within sort of 15 months or so. So so not very long. Now, it's fair to say that some of the, 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 the bigger um, stock market falls, like the, the dot-com crash in 2000 and, uh, and the financial crisis in 2007, 2008, took longer, about six or seven years. But even those, in the context of a lifetime of investing, you know, getting back to your previous level within a, a, a few years um, does, does show the, the, the merit in, um, in sticking with it and, and, and investing through the cycle. And 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 buying uh, the dips. The second reason I think uh, why people have had the confidence to buy the dips in recent years is that central banks have very much um, had the, uh, the the strength of stock markets in their sights when they've been uh, setting policies. So they have used um, falls in stock markets as a trigger for for easing monetary policy. And, um, you know, there's an expression that says don't fight the Fed. And this is, you know, part part of the reason for that is that when the Federal Reserve decides to inject liquidity into the markets, you know, they, they can they can have a very big impact quite quickly. So for a combination of reasons, um, you know, I think buying the dips has worked and, and investors have recognised that over the years. Yeah, and on that point about central banks, Tom, I mean, you say that they've um, that central banks, the Fed, the Bank of England, they've been there to sort of, or they've had stock markets in mind. It, would it be fairer maybe to say that they've had 
sort of other things in mind and supporting the stock market has been a sort of side effect of that so for for a few years it would have been supporting the financial system in various ways but then they might have been supporting the general economy and trying to give confidence that way and a corollary of that is that stock markets are supported as well um and so as you say they've had that interest in in pursuing those things with their policy and that's helped the stock market Yes, I think that's 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 a fair distinction to make. I mean, uh, supporting stock markets is not the central concern of central banks. They're concerned with financial stability, with economic stability, and with fighting in inflation. Um, it just so happens that uh, a uh, a sharp fall in the stock market tends to be very bad news for economic stability because it because uh, many people feel. Uh, the the loss of wealth uh, that comes with a fall in the stock market and that has an economic impact as well. Yeah, and we're going to come on to, to whether or not that equation has changed somewhat recently, Tom. But you've written about this topic this week and you ran um, in a written article some simple numbers on the efficacy of buying the dips over this recent period in markets. What did that show? Yeah, so I just I just wanted to sort of demonstrate this in, in very simple terms um uh you know so that so that people could sort of really see the the the, the real tangible benefit of um of, of buying the dips and 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 avoiding um the opposite buying at the, uh, at the top of the market so so i said i just said look imagine this hypothetical uh, situation where you've got a market that's rising at a steady sort of 10 percent a year on average but within that uh, 10% a year rise, there's some big swings. So, you know, with, with every year the market goes up to, uh, you know, a 20% gain and as low as a 10% decline. So, you know, a sort of, you know, a fairly sort of, you know, um, formulaic description of a, of a rising but relatively volatile market. And then I said, look, just imagine there are two investors. One of them is putting uh, £100 a year um, uh, into the market, but they are only buying um, at, the, uh, at the bottom of the dips. And the other person is putting the same £100 a year into the market, but they're only buying at the top of those, uh, of those uh, rises uh, in the market. And I said, what happens after you know, a relatively short period of, of Five years. Well, the difference is that one investor, the investor who is buying at the top of the market, ends up with £560. The investor who is buying at the bottom of the market, i.e. buying the dips, ends up with £745. So essentially, you know, a third more than the, you know, than the less fortunate, the, the, the investor with, with less, less good timing. So I think the point that I was making was that, you know, over, even over quite a short space of time, and this is even more so over a long period of time, you know, being able to, to buy the dips, to, 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 to time the market, if you like, in that way, you know, clearly can help. Now, obviously, this is an unrealistic scenario. Mm. No one is going to do either of those things. No one's going to buy just at the top or just at the bottom. Um, but, you know, you get the picture from from that illustration. Yeah, and on, on that point, because like all these these models, they, they have a value because they, they show you the effect and the trend. But in, in the real world, it's difficult to do. But is it fair to say that if you've got your time horizon correct and you and you're invested for the long term you can tell when the market comes off 5% 10% 20% as we're we're sort of looking at at the moment you can see those moments you do have uncertainty about the recovery but if you have that timeline correct you can sort of 
you know nudge things in your favor yeah that's definitely true and and also a point that's worth making is that um you know those figures that i gave you um uh, earlier on in, in my description when i was talking about the time to recover those figures were from the the previous peak from the top of the market to when the market recovered that previous peak now obviously you know if if uh, we're talking about buying the dips. We're saying, look, the market has probably been falling for maybe three months uh, before someone actually, you know, buys buys that dip. And by definition, the the time to recovery from that point is going to be considerably um, shorter. So those 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 longer periods after the big um, bear markets of two thousand and two thousand and seven, when I talked about six and seven year recoveries. Anyone buying the dip, so who, who had who had already experienced, you know, a ten or even a fifteen percent fall, uh, would have been looking at a a much shorter time to total recovery um, uh, of their investment. So that that that's a point that's worth making, I think. Okay. Okay. Well. Well. What about the situation now, Tom? Because you've you've spoken about this uh, this dynamic of central banks being supportive of stock markets. Is that equation changing? What's different this time round if people are looking to buy the dips? Well, I think a key point to make, uh, Ed, is that you know everything that I've talked about and that sort of simplistic model that I talked about was premised on uh, a rising market, and you know almost by definition, buying the dips within a rising market makes sense. So, so a fundamental question now is: Do you think that the, the market uh, uh, is 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 basically in a in a bull market are we in a are we in a rising market and that this is a temporary um decline or do we think that something um you know more structural more fundamental uh, and more fundamentally negative is, is is happening in the market so what might you look for well the first point to to make is is a point that i made earlier about central banks having been supportive of uh, stock markets and stepping in um, at the first sign of trouble and 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 easing policy, well, you know, I think it's fair to say that 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 is not central banks' principal consideration at the moment. Pr- central banks are principally concerned at the moment with um, containing inflation, and they may be less inclined to step in if there is a uh, a, a fall in, in in the stock market. I mean, one of the things that central banks are trying to do is to rein in activity in order to um, c- constrain uh, inflation. So maybe to an extent, they would be happy if there were a modest decline uh, in the stock market. I mean, the other thing to to think about is, you know, markets are, are relatively highly priced. Maybe we need to have a, a period of time when um, uh, the, the value of stock markets falls a bit in order that they become more more fairly priced. And then I think a third consideration at the moment is that inflation is clearly um, a, a big a bigger concern now than it has been uh, for, for for many years. And that's leaving aside all the sort of global geopolitical instability that we're we're seeing at the moment. So, you know, I think it's fair to say that the equation is different uh, at the moment. Um, but not necessarily that different. I mean, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, we look back at history and, and it all becomes clear. But at the time, there's always been a lot of uncertainty at these situations. Yes, indeed. I mean, I, I was thinking back about um, 
sort of notable examples of, of what you say there in relation to central banks coming to the rescue of investors. And, um, well, I call it a recent example. It's not very recent now, is it? In, in 2013, there was the so-called taper tantrum. Uh, that related to the stock market, but probably more to the bond market as well. Um, and back then, the, the Fed sort of indicated that it might tighten policy and the markets reacted badly and the Fed changed course. Is it inconceivable that uh, central banks would change course again right now because clearly uh, they do have to have an eye on financial stability there's been talk of recession you know they're going to want to be supportive of the economy if they can albeit with this problem around inflation uh is, is it is it possible that central banks can still uh improve the picture for investors yes i think they can i think it is possible and um you know i think there's a very good uh, more recent example uh, of when they actually did do that so uh, back in 2018 beginning of 2019 the federal reserve did uh, um begin a, a rate tightening cycle uh, it was taken badly by by the stock market and the federal reserve did re- reverse course and bring um, rates um, down again. Uh, now, if were that to happen, you know that would clearly be uh, a positive for markets. It would certainly be uh, good for the for the bond market. You mentioned you mentioned bonds there. I think one difference now, though, is that um, the Federal Reserve has worked very hard over the years to 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 build up its inflation fighting credibility, and I don't think that um, you know the the, the current um, uh, head of the Federal Reserve, uh, uh, Jay Powell, is going to want to go down in history as the as the uh, as the, the man who who basically threw away uh, that credibility. So I think that I think the Fed is conscious of the fact that uh, on its watch, inflation has uh, you know run away to an extent to to an unexpectedly high level, and I think it's going to want to want to do something uh, about that. So yes, it's conceivable that, that, that the Fed will reverse course, but I don't think it's going to do it until there is very clear evidence that it's gone too far with its, with its tightening. Which, yes, and, and I wanted to, to, to get to this really because, you know, talking more widely about markets, um, it isn't a comfortable time, is it, right now? It's, in fact, it's, it's distinctly uncomfortable. Um, but what does it take, Tom, for the, well, not just the Fed to change change attitude, but for investors in general and for the, the picture to change? Clearly, we've got inflation that we expect to get worse, but there'll come a point when people will start to talk about that having peaked. We're talking about recession a bit, but that picture will become clearer. It's not completely um, certain that, that economies are going to fall into recession, but there is going to be a squeeze. How long are people going to have to wait before we get a bit more bit more certainty and uh, and a bit more ability to 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 look more positively on the stock market. I think the answer to that question varies depending on where you are in the world because I think um you know we 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 talk about this as if it's as if the world is one homogenous whole but clearly different things are going on in different parts of the world. If you look at the United States um they clearly have a, a significant inflation problem and the Federal Reserve is going to fight to, to get that under control. If you look closer to home in the UK or in Europe, yes, we've got a, a, a short-term inflation problem, uh, but I think we've got a bigger growth problem. And I think that quite quickly it's going to become apparent here um, that the bigger problem is 
keeping the economy on a growth track um, and that inflation is going to naturally come down as the cost of living crisis um, impinges on people's uh, personal uh, purchasing uh, power. So I think that, um, you know, I think that interest rates may have a lot less far to go here in the UK and in Europe um, than they do uh, in, in, in the US. So, I mean, people are already talking about um, the Bank of England going no further than one and a half percent interest rates where we're already at one percent. So uh, this may well be a very short term tightening cycle um, here here in, in the UK. OK, OK. Well, finally, Tom, what does it all mean for investors right now? I mean, is one conclusion to all this that there's going to have to be um, a bit more focus on on valuations if you're going to buy the dips effectively because you don't want to just sort of um, chuck money into a stock market that uh, is, is looking very negative. Is, is now the time to be selective and really, you know, pick those stocks which which perhaps look like they really do represent good fundamental value? Yes, I think that that is that is true. That um, you know, if we if we're moving from a situation where the market is fundamentally moving upwards to one where maybe uh, it's moving more sideways, then I think that passive investing becomes a less easy solution to the problem. And I think that investors need to work a bit harder about um, uh, working out where the value is um, and how they can take advantage uh, of, of the dips rather than just by you know, spreading their money across the, across the market as a whole. So this is probably a time when active, fundamentally based investing uh, comes to the fore um, and, uh, and investors maybe need to work a bit harder or they need to find, you know, a skilled uh, investor and the manager of a fund, for example, who can do that kind of active investment on their, on their behalf. So I think you're right that this is not a particularly easy time to be an investor. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, investors face bad outcomes. I think they're just going to have to work a bit harder to get the good outcomes. Okay. Okay. Well, Tom, that's all that we have time for now. Thanks a lot for joining me. Thanks, Ed. You've been listening to the Money Talk podcast. Check fidelity.co.uk for daily written updates and articles on these and other topics from across Fidelity in the UK. And subscribe via iTunes to get the podcast downloaded direct to your devices every week. Please be aware that the value of investments and the income you get from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information doesn't constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Eligibility to invest in an ISA or a pension and the value of tax savings depends on personal circumstances and all tax rules may change. You will not normally be able to access money held in a pension until the age of 55. Reference to specific securities or funds should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities or funds and is included for the purpose of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you're unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor.